Hello and good afternoon, this is Josh from OK Hear Me Out. Uh, two quick notes before the episode. So the video starts at 3.33, not a joke. There was a little snafu, we missed recording the intro to the video. Still the audio sounds great, blah blah blah. Um, also, be sure to check out our guest on social media. That's at America Shaman on Twitter and ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. Links are down in the show notes, but in case you're not reading, there they are. So stick around, enjoy the episode, thank you for your patience, and I'm proud to present Okay, Hear Me Out, episode 152, Jacob the Q Shaman, Angeli. Enjoy. A hopeless romantic all my life, surrounded by couples all the time. I guess I should take it as a sign. I'm feeling lonely, lonely. I wish I'd find a lover that could hold me home. Now I'm crying in my room, so skeptical love. But still I wanted more, more, Hello and good evening. My name is Josh, I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob, and this week by special guest Jake the Q Shaman Angeli. We the folks who are going to be finding the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense, because this is okay. Hear me out. How y'all doing this evening? Fantastic. How are you, Aaron? I'm very excited tonight. We got maybe <laughs> as big of a conspiracy theorist as me, the face of the greatest American tragedy that has ever befallen this country. <laughs> the insurrection on January 6th, Jake Angeli. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, Good I have an honor. So many questions for you. <laughs> I I just love how much you got absolutely smeared in the media. Railroaded. With, oh, you got railroaded so bad. Because, like, first of all, like, okay, what was your actual sentence? Because we know you went to jail for what, as far, to correct me if I'm wrong, for taking a guided tour of the Capitol on the wrong day. No. No, I went to jail. <laughs> they kept me detained because they said I was a danger to society and a flight risk, which really doesn't make any sense considering the fact that um, I have no you know, criminal history. There was no violence, any evidence that I committed any violence or destruction on that day, vandalism, which I didn't. Um, and considering the, the fact that I called the FBI when I found out they were looking for me and I turned myself in. Like I set up a meeting with them. I was one of the first arrested. So this notion of being a flight risk in a dangerous society is absolutely ludicrous in my mind. Um, and I did 10 and a half months in solitary confinement, um, total of 27 months of incarceration, 10 and a half of which were in solitary. Oh my oh. God. It was that long. I didn't realize it was that long. <clears throat> I knew about the yeah, 10 well, months I, and I had a 41 month sentence, but I, I got, I got like, 12 months taken off my sentence for good time and um, FSA credits or First Step Act credits that I had accumulated while I was doing like programs and stuff in prison. And so I got a year off my sentence. I was released to halfway house two months before that uh, that sentence was over. So technically I was released from prison 14 months early, released from BOP custody 12 months early. Okay. And how, how long have you been a free man now? Like... A Since few months. May 25th of 2023. Damn, so you just got out. I didn't realize that either. I, I just I should have looked into that more. Um, if only you had 
burn down a Popeyes in the name of uh, racial equality, then you wouldn't have served any time at all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ninety to 95% of the BLM and Antifa rioters were, had their charges dropped. They were not, you know, arrested or, you know, convicted. Is this the same DOJ pressing charges in, in each case or like the bringing up charges in each case? Yes. Yes, it's federal. What's interesting about it, though, is that the DO, this has been the largest investigation in FBI history. Now, normally the FBI doesn't do anything with misdemeanors. That's below them. But as of now, this FBI and this DOJ is prosecuting people for misdemeanors. And they're taking people that are in the FBI, normally investigating terrorism cases, drug trafficking cases, cartel cases, rape, murder, child molestation, taking people off of all of those cases, very real dangerous felonies, and placing them on misdemeanor investigations for January 6th. Well, to be fair, this was still a terrorism investigation, obviously. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't. What's Let's... interesting about that, though, is I want you to think about this, okay? Based on the Patriot Act, if somebody is identified as a domestic terrorist, all of their constitutional rights go out the window. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I We're not, we know the government's uh, horrifying. Uh, we're not pro-Patriot. <laughs> wait, wait, so <laughs> you were not charged with terrorists. Where do all your constitutional rights go? Well, one thing I want you to remember is Operation Mockingbird. CIA infiltrated the media in the 60s and the 70s, and Operation Mockingbird is still in full swing. All you need to do is watch that video. You know, this is very dangerous to our democracy. This is very dangerous to our democracy, right? It's still in full swing, okay? I actually have a good uh, example of that. Oh, yeah, dude. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We were were reading some uh, articles. We were reading articles about you, and this... I was laughing because the smear job is insane. Because you're... I mean, for all intents and purposes, you went to January 6th, you were just dressed really cool and took a photo op in the chamber <laughs> and then, like, walked around and, like, you, you didn't vandalize anything, like you said. And then this is, I, I just want to start going through this article because it's well, insane. Well, before you just, do, hold on, before oh, you go do, ahead, go let, ahead. Me, let me finish my point really quick about Mockingbird Media. And that's what I call them. They're not mainstream. They're CIA Mockingbird Media, okay? So... If the CIA is running the media and their narrative, then that makes sense why the government was in lockstep with the media on this narrative. You see? So anything and everything that's in the media that's smearing me can be viewed as working in tandem with the government and the corruption within. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that. I would also like to go back. You said uh, J6 was like the largest investigation that the FBI has ever conducted, which is funny because the FBI did not conduct any investigation into the 9-11 terrorist attack. There was none. Uh, uh. (laughs) Well, I'm sure I'm sure they had. That's why they created the Department of Homeland Security to investigate. Right. They had plenty of other very qualified organizations and agencies doing the investigation. And it's let's, international instead, too. The FBI doesn't need to do well, that. Let's explain on, yeah, but... your role on the show to our guest here, Josh. Wait, because... Bob. <laughs> because... if, uh... jo- wait, hold, hold on. on. Josh's on. role it... uh, is I, I, to... think, I think he gets it. He sees the little Israel pin on my shirt. Like, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Josh is to be the the advocate for the government because everyone else on the show refuses to do that. <laughs> to be fair, if the well, FBI the, did investigate nine eleven, like I'm not I'm not anti government. I'm anti corruption. Okay. Yeah, but, you see what I'm saying? There's a very large difference because governments aren't supposed to be corrupt. I, I feel like those lines. Mm, are I think blurred. they're inherently corrupt. Well, I understand why you say that, but what I'm saying is that the distinction being made between being anti-government or anti-corruption is essential. Because if you say you're anti-government, then you'll have a lot of people that will disagree with you. But if you say you're anti-corruption, then you have will have everybody agree with you except the corrupt bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm gonna make I, it like, yeah. You're not an anarchist. You're not like trying to tear down the system. You just want the system to function in a reasonable representative way, which it technically should be able to. Like in good faith. It makes sense. Which it does. Yeah, in in good faith. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's get into this Daily Mail article. This it's too good. This is how they start. This is the headline for this. The title of the article is exclusive. QAnon Shaman is a 33-year-old failed actor who lives with his mom, spouts conspiracy theories about FBI pedophile codes, and roams the streets dressed in his bizarre horned outfit. So already you know this is going to be a very fair, objective news piece (laughs) that is not (laughs) just trying to make you look insane. Which actually, talking to you and like listening to your interviews, you're just a normal guy. Well, I'm so, far from normal. I'm just not crazy. Yes. I think that's the best 33-year-old. Yeah. 33-year-old <laughs> Jacob Angeli is one of the MAGA rioters, wanted rioters. That's a loose definition of rioter if you're going to uh, label you as that. Wanted by D.C. police for his part in storming the Capitol building on Wednesday. Photos of Chainsley wandering through the Senate debating debating chamber while dressed in a horned furry hat with his face painted red and blue went viral. So, would you call yourself a rioter? Were you a rioter that day, Jacob? No, I didn't riot. Not at all. In fact, <laughs> yeah. I stopped people from doing so. Uh, outside the building when they were trying to break in, I told everybody to go home. You know, I was trying to calm things down. Yeah. Actually, I, I have one question about that. How much were the cops just kind of letting you guys in? Well, I was one of the first 30 people in the building, so I really don't know the answer to that question. Regarding the way that it the optics appeared in my getting a quote-unquote guided tour or escorted around the building, that was because I offered to help the police. I told them there were people in the Senate chamber, and I said, hey – there's people down there. Like, if you want, I mean, I can go down there and help you guys out. We'll clear the, the room. Uh, I can make sure there's no vandalism or violence or, or theft or anything. I mean, I can help you out if you want. And the guy's like, yeah, take your bullhorn. Let's go. So that's why we were going from locked door to locked door, trying to figure out a way to get into the Senate chamber. The fact hey, where, that, where's that? The, in my experience with talking to the police, no matter how calm I am, no matter how much I'm like, hey, I'm here to help you out, buddy. If it's not like a five foot nine Italian guy uh, threatening me at all times, I don't think that's a cop. I think that's how you should have known it was a setup. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... 
Yeah, was this police officer like advocating for your behalf, uh, like giving some sort of uh, you know testimony accounts that there was coordination, collaboration, like you know, non rioting going on? No, he more so said that he asked me to leave a bunch of times and I refused. And like, <laughs> there was no like, yeah, he actually wasn't, wasn't all that bad. He tried to help us out. You know, oh. well, I mean, look. That all depends on the way that you view the word setup. I think that the, you know, to quote Tarek Johnson, the Capitol police officer that was fired, the one that evacuated the Senate, um, it was a setup for both the J6 protesters and the Capitol police on behalf of some of the highest levels of government. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. I think that they wanted you guys to go in the building, didn't care what you were going to do so they could pretend there was an insurrection because it's pretty hard to lead an insurrection unarmed. Then everybody goes home after three hours. Well, I, the way I look at it is this. If you gather Intel on every aspect to this, by listening to the whistleblowers that have come forward, and that's how you know what's going on behind the scenes, okay? As you listen to the whistleblowers, especially the ones the media doesn't give attention to. You listen to Chief Sund, ex-Chief Sund, Chief of the Capitol Police. You listen to Tarek Johnson, former Capitol Police officer. Um, if you listen to some of the FBI whistleblowers that have come forward, that's how we found out that the FBI was moving people from these felony cases over to misdemeanor cases. Um, if you listen to uh, the many, many different protesters that have come forward about the abuses that they've suffered or the government weighing on them with all the full weight of the government. What you're going to find is a very clear pattern of intelligence suppression, not intelligence failure, intelligence suppression. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. So they the just allow one, one like flow of information through they don't oh they don't it's it's a very uh narrated story that they're giving you it's not and anything that doesn't fit in that story gets shut down i think jake's describing yeah. it internally as well not just like uh, intelligence out to the media and what the public knows intelligence within the fbi organization and like is, is that kind of what you're getting at yes yes well i mean have you guys watched uh chief son's um testimony before congress or his interview with tucker carlson no nope i, I okay. have but watch I don't that remember it, oh yeah. okay watch that because the thing is is that he's talking about how the pentagon had intel that said there were going to be like something like 19 or so terrorists or more in the crowd on january 6th he never got word about that um yogananda Pittman, the chief intelligence officer for the capitol no, she she did not tell Chief Sund anything about the potential for violence and a riot at the Capitol. The FBI, who infiltrated the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, never said anything to Chief Sund about the idea that there might be some sort of disturbance at the Capitol. They had numerous opportunities to do so. They kept their lips sealed. Now, that being the case, let's also not forget that... Um, BLM and Antifa infiltrated the crowd to make the MAGA movement look violent and crazy. They came out and said as much openly. Um, let us also not forget that when you are doing a covert or a psychological operation, intelligence 
and the either use or non-use of that intelligence is paramount when it comes to creating a successful operation. So if BLM and, and Antifa had infiltrated the crowd, if the FBI had infiltrated Proud Boys and, and Oath Keepers, if there were a bunch of feds in the crowd, and if they knew there was going to be violence, then why did they not accept the ten to 20,000 National Guard that Trump offered them? Why did they rescind Chief Sun's authority and his emergency powers to invoke the National Guard to protect the Capitol? Why did they say that there was no reason for, like, uh, 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 no evidence for a reason to have the National Guard there? Why did they say it would be bad for optics? Okay, it was in one way or another a uh, orchestrated event to push the uh, agenda of the deep state. Well, yeah, because we're we're all on board with that. We actually we talked about it oh. quite a bit because when January sixth happened, we were pretty new into the show, but we did talk about it quite a bit. And um, like we're kind of I think all on the same page where we have the conclusion of they didn't even need anything to happen. They just needed people that they could say we're doing an insurrection in the building and then they could just say well there was an insurrection see how crazy everybody is and then and it create an event out of nothing because that's like one of the things like doing they really like doing and i have one i have a question that's a little bit and no one's asked you this and it never gets brought up when they talk about january 6th by the way and it drives me insane but i where were you when ashley babbitt got shot I don't know. Um, I was in the Senate. Ashley Babbitt was in the House. Okay, and that's uh, is that even is that still the same building though? It's just opposite. Well, yeah, like opposite side of the building. Yeah, yeah, opposite side of the building. Because, and I, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything like this, but we did a whole episode on that event by itself, and I'm of the opinion that, that is a the most staged thing I've ever seen in my life. I like. I don't even think well, a person. I'm gets telling shot. you, she's dead. She's dead. I, her mother has spoken with my mother at one, more than on more than one occasion. Ashley Babbitt is dead. Now, what's okay. really crazy about all that is that Jaden X, an Antifa member, was in the building and filmed that thing going down. Right? Then he gets arrested and gets let go on pretrial release, and then is given a uh, a clearance to leave the country and go to Ukraine. Did he go do journalism there too? Like, what's the? Uh... Oh my god! Yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, During like I'm a flight risk. Okay. I'm a danger okay. to society. You know, but this guy Ooh. is not only an Antifa member and was at all the like a bunch of these riots and stuff, but now he's allowed to go to Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, I'm well. sure he gets some more good footage of uh, the atrocities going on there as well. I mean, it, well, maybe our, he's just acting as a propaganda arm. It is our second greatest ally currently, so I, I can understand why they would allow them allow him to go to that country specifically. All right. Yeah, and he gets the goes next. <laughs> That's kind of one of the reasons I thought it was a stage event. And like, so wait, how did you? How did her mom get a hold of your mom? What? How did that arrangement know. happen? I really don't know. I just, I just, I heard my mom say that at one time she spoke to Ashley Babbitt's mom. I don't know if it was through like a interview or like one of those prayer calls or something when I was in prison. Gotcha. Okay, because wow. one of the reasons, like, they have very conspicuous people just happen to be on scene filming, 
the SWAT guys, dude, the SWAT guys that show up are like 19, which is weird. Like they're like the youngest kids ever. They look like they're in a play for how to dress as a SWAT guy for like a school play. And then the, like the guy that's like, I'm a medic is like another 24 year old. It looks like all like 24 year old YouTubers. Like it looked insane. Like the whole event looked nuts. Well, the strange thing to me is like no no one reacts when in this crowded hallway with like marble limestone walls, uh, somebody shot and it's probably extremely loud. And somebody shot like within a foot of somebody and like they no one reacts away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very very strange. But that's I think yeah I think you think uh, you know kind of explain your explain your point or explain what you know about that. Um, Aaron, do you want to, any, any more, um, gem comments from this article or should we, uh, should yeah, we go no, 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 there's a ton and we just started it. Um, <laughs> so in you actually alluded to some of this, this is hilarious that this is what they say. He was part of a Trump supporting mob that also included proud boys and white supremacists who broke into the building in a bid to stop lawmakers certifying Joe Biden's election win. And what I love about this, he already talked about how like the proud boys, They've already, it's already like been proven that like the FBI infiltrated that. So there's already FBI in there doing shit and then being like, look how bad this group is, which they do all the time. Um, they they infiltrate any grassroots organization and then do crazy shit and then they just arrest everybody. And except for the guys that were feds that got people to trick them into doing crimes and shit or just framed them for doing crimes. Um, and then the only other group that it's it's Proud Boys and white supremacists. There's also like just like moms and like soccer moms, and yeah. uh, they leave a lot of demographics out in that description. So, so uh, to, to comment on that, like by by all accounts, going into January sixth, it looked like it was going to be another of the stop the steal mega million marches, like in December. Um, I, I'd gone and walked around that. I live just down the street, pretty much. Uh, and like like Aaron said, the most notable group there was just suburban moms like there to, you know, uh, support fair elections and Trump and stuff like that's it, it didn't nothing came across as radical there. And then, yeah, going into the the sequel to that January 6th, a lot of just regular people were there and just like, you know, a small handful of them went to the Capitol, a small handful of them. Uh, some of them plants were violent. And that's like that's where 99 percent of the attention, 100 percent of the attention went to. Yeah, well. Let us not forget that white supremacist is a trigger word. Okay. Well, and it makes you turn your brain off so you know that they're the bad guys because they well, say Yeah, it. and it's, it's it it's a loaded phrase. It's psychological warfare. The I mean the the it's clear to me and anybody paying attention that there's an attempted communist color revolution taking place where they're trying to divide the nation based on race. Yeah. Yeah, I think they divided on a lot of things, but like that's just one of the many. And sexual identity, but those two things. Because the thing is, is that they can't do like an economic one, like what they did in like the Soviet Union. They can't do it something like that, where you got all these rich people versus all the poor ones, because America has a middle class. Kind of. You know, it's a kind of. Do they anymore with how the economy's going? Yeah, for the I know you've been being. in jail, but man, this last two years well, it's gotten rough. Well, we all know that the <laughs> largest transfer of wealth that has ever taken place in human history was during COVID. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the way I look at it is that, I mean, are you guys familiar with Yuri Bezmenov? Yes, mm-hmm. I fucking love okay. Yuri Bezmenov. Okay, so 
What we're talking about here is demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. We are currently in the normalization stage. Yep. Yeah. Right. 100%. So deep. <laughs> we're in such late. Yeah. Demoralization. I mean, we were done with that by the time like Tumblr came around. We're done with that, that in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was saying that it's done. it was done in the 80s. He was saying, like, the Soviets never could have dreamed at how successful the demoralization of the United States could have been. So then they began to demoralize and destabilize the system even more so as time went on. And now we're getting into the stage where demoralization, destabilization, and crisis are all working together. And as the system is falling to pieces, you got these infiltrators that came in before the demoralization stage, making their way into positions of power and establishing a communist or fascist slave state. Yeah, because by the 80s, they had all the... Yes, because by the 80s, they had all the hippies, the old hippie women were like, then they had them get the teaching jobs to really get the next generation. Cause even like, I mean, 1990, you're talking like super bowl, Whitney Houston halftime show with F 16s going over. We weren't demoralized enough yet. We had to get now the, we had the, but they got the structure in place to demoralize like the kids growing up. So like our generation and younger, like gen X and up weren't demoralized yet, except for a few outliers, but they got them in the positions they needed them to. But that's Yuri Bezanov talks about, that's exactly how they destroy a country from within. Yes. So we're in the normalization stage and they're attempting to create a color revolution through uh, basically the illusion of white supremacists. When like if you they're saying that's that's like the greatest threat to the nation. But if you look at it, what you end up finding is like those people in Florida those Azov Nazis that Laura Loomer did a story about, they are supporting Biden. One of them supposedly even was working for the CIA in Ukraine and the Azov Nazis in Ukraine. So um, it's clear to me that they're attempting, I mean, like all the feds out there doing these little, you know, uh, white supremacist uh, rallies and stuff, all their faces are covered, their eyes are covered, their hat, they have hats on, you know, and they're all, you know, talking about nazi crap and like oh those guys are hilarious those are the biggest feds of all time oh yeah exactly so it is it is a it is a an operation designed to create optics so that the rollout can be made so that the rollout can take place here here's the one thing though like as much as yuri bezmanov is right and it gets to that stage the they never really fully succeed because they always think that they can keep it at that last stage, but it, it gets so fucking nuts and gets out of hand that the pendulum swings hard the other way. Cause I mean, this no matter with all of the propaganda and owning the media and being able to suppress information constantly, like ev like there is a huge number of people that don't, buy it anymore like a, a very large number I, I think they overstepped their bounds pretty hard with covid you to be fair you picked a very good two years if you were going to be in jail for two years you picked the shittiest <laughs> two years in america ever it was fucking terrible let's let us not forget that you cannot take a free society and bring a dictatorship into it just like you can't take a society like Afghanistan and bring a democratic republic into it. 
you know, you have just, to, they have that's, to that's choose why it. We have, well, that's yes. why we have generations teaching us that this is how we're supposed to be treated by our government, and this is how we're supposed to respond and behave. It's not like Afghanistan failed because it was over the course of, you know, well, the new government was thrown in pretty immediately, and people still had their own old values, their old experiences, the old generation. Here in America, you know, if we go over the course of 50 or 60 years, we can be perfectly set up for a dictatorship. Why not? Yeah, because it's incremental. Because like, everyone mentions it's like, oh, this is a freedom that my children will never know in their lives, especially, you know, in regards to like First Amendment, Second Amendment stuff in particular. And that's how they do it. They always get like they, they notch it up just a little bit and then they wait 20 years and then they notch it up again and then they wait another 20 years. Um, and I don't know, but there is a form of resistance as Aaron was saying, because because of other variables that they can't, they don't have full control over it. Like they have full control of the media, but they don't have full control over human communication via the internet at this point. And this and is why they're so even. upset about it. No, they can, no, but and they've, they've done a very good job with it. If you, have you gone on no. Reddit before? Have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that it all, everything you see when you search it is, is controlled, but that having that vice grip of control on that information is what wakes people up to how fucking bad it is. So the tighter grip they have, yeah. the more people squeeze out of their fucking grasp until they're not holding anything anymore. That's what yeah, it's, it's, it's like, what to, fucking it's ends like up trying to grip a hold of water. It's like it's like trying to hold water. It's yeah. just gonna you know the tighter you grip, the more it goes through your hands. Now they, this if, is what's really interesting though is that what we're talking about here is something called mass formation hypnosis or mass formation psychosis. And it's where 25 to 30% of the country believe that the propaganda that they are watching is reality. And they have an emotional response to it. And then that emotional response is weaponized and they become radicalized. Now, all it, and we, we saw that in Nazi Germany. We saw it with the Bolshevik Revolution. We saw it with the Red Revolution in China. That's mass formation, okay? Now, all it takes to dissolve the mass formation hypnosis or psychosis is 5% or more of the country saying, you're crazy, we're not doing this, not having it, get the hell out of our country, we're not creating a, a socialist or a communist or fascist state, it's not going to happen. And then the mass formation hypnosis or psychosis dissolves. So we in this country have far more than 5% of the people that are waking up and saying, no... And it's probably only like 20%, but it's way more than five. Like you're talking like 20% because the, the cities are very densely populated. And the more time you spend in the city, the more it's insane how like retarded they are. But like they, they're just like the cities are falling apart so bad that like once you get outside of that, like that, is, it's like its own weird bubble of control that it, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's an odd well, thing. And I think at some point, like the, the second the food is off the grocery shelves, like you're going to see the cities implode, but it'll kind of be a good thing by the end of it. I mean, the, the question then is we, we have our over 5% and we, we say no. What do we do then to actually get our country back? Like, what's the, uh, you know, how, how do we get in legislators who actually vote for our best interests? How do we get a New York Times editors who uh, publish real articles? How, how do we, like, what, what happens then? You think there's a voting uh, solution not, to this, Josh? Well, the, the battlefield on because there is a solution. But what you have to recognize is where the real fight is. Okay, The real fight is right here. Right? It is yeah. a mind war. 
It is a war for the hearts and the minds of the public. Okay, so this is where demoralization comes in. They've demoralized the public to the point where they want their, they don't trust their country. They want it, they want it destroyed. It'd be destroyed at least a certain portion of it. And this is also the reason why I was saying earlier, I'm not anti-government, I'm anti-corruption because we need government. We just need a, a government that's not corrupt. Now, that being said, if and when the dialogue changes, if and when the thought patterns of the nation change, then we will see more progress than we've seen in the last 50 years. The trick is with the media, with the Mockingbird media, is that they are controlling the narrative. And the, shall we say, the conservatives or the American people that want freedom are always reacting to that narrative instead of creating their own narrative. And then the Mockingbird media has to react to us. You see, and the the important thing is understanding the situation, not just from a mental perspective, but then from a sociological one. So are you guys familiar with the phrase full spectrum dominance? No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. So for those of your listeners that aren't full spectrum dominance is a military term. Okay. And it means control over, number one, the minds of the population through psychological warfare and propaganda campaigns. And then from there, once you control the minds of the population, you then are able to dominate the land, the seas, the air and the airspace, subterranean, deep underground military bases, extraterrestrial, satellites, space, um, chemical and biological agents, technology, cell phones, stuff like that, televisions, radio, computers, etc. Um, and then you get into things like the medical apparatus and the currency. And that is full spectrum dominance. What has happened is that through the uh, international corporations, you know, black and through things like BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, etc., what you have is a corporate oligarchy that is owning and controlling all the resources and labor all over the planet. And then you have the small banking cartels that also own all these corporations that are funding governments and loaning them money at interest. Okay. So from there, what you have is full spectrum dominance and centralized power, the control of all of the nation's currencies, their food, their water, their air, their land, their their seas, the, et cetera, et cetera, right? So then the solution becomes, okay, we have to get people's minds out of that matrix. That's number one. Okay. So winning the psychological aspect to this battle is key. Number two, how do you do that? Well, you do that by offering them a new infrastructure, by offering them new tools that circumvent the full spectrum dominance centralized power system. I agree with and that as well. I'm wondering that, what that structure. I, I'm I'm curious as to the specifics of that structure because I but this is something we talk about a lot. Do you have a timeshare pitch you want to give to Jake here? <laughs> no, no. I'm just. It's like this is. I this is literally what I haven't put it in this exact with these exact words. Yeah, he's more eloquent than you. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you're much more eloquent than me. I say, I, I, I'm just much dumber, but it's the exact same process. But I, I, now I'm very curious. That's why I had to stop you for a second. I'm back. Okay, I'm no, that's really fine. I can explain it rather simply. So look at it like this, okay? Our economy is controlled largely by energy corporations and debt based currency. 
So if you create a new form of currency that's precious metal based, not just gold, but all precious metals, okay? okay. And you create a new form of energy, right? And what I propose is Tesla Towers, infinite free clean wireless energy. We know that we've had it for over 100 years. It works. The reason oh, why we okay. haven't done it. Yeah, no, I, I love where this is going. Go, go, keep, go, keep going. Okay, so, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, so <laughs> check this out. Anytime you introduce a new source of energy to an economy, you get a large boom in the economy because new tools and new gadgets, new technologies are created based around that new form of energy, okay? So you get an infinite free clean wireless energy supply that decentralizes energy and the energy grid and the globalists have sought to centralize the energy grid. Number two, you can also use these Tesla towers for communication. Can, can I okay. ask you a question real so, quick? Sure. Let's let's hold on right there. That I I agree that if we could uh, either have a a currency backed on like a precious metal or something, at least something finite, so it's not just infinitely print money. Um, and then if you could get decentralized energy, that that would loosen the control. Here's the problem. Uh, bless you. Anyone you. that has ever done that is immediately murdered by uh, banking cartels. Like, well, so, so hold on a second. So I understand what you're saying, but that's why I'm saying that what has to change first is the psychology. We have to get people talking about it. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, the, the reason that like... Yeah, the, the losses of like uh, you know Gaddafi and Waco and Ruby Ridge and like whatever other like things out there are Lincoln Kennedy PR, the PR losses like they're they're because the the media controlled the narrative and made them and or rather uh, you know shut down the narrative and I, I think Jake makes a good point where if people care about are aware about the what's what's out there what decentralized efforts exist and are invested in that then there's a bit more protection than, you know, some nobody out in the country that they've never heard of and is immediately shot down by uh, the SWAT team. Well, like Correct. one of the things with like, like we we do get a fake history where it's like, oh, Lincoln was shot. He was shot by a, a racist guy that just uh, hated the fact that he freed the slaves. And it's like, no, he died because uh, he made the greenback. And the <laughs> royal family in Britain put a well, an official statement out that we have to destroy that government that tries to break away from the global banking system because the loans that were offered to us were at 25% interest. And he was like, no, we'll just print our own money. Why do we need the, why do we need a, a outside bank to loan us money? We'll just print our own. And then Kennedy signed an executive order to have a silverback currency. And then oh, off goes his head. Like just, and then we pretend that it's just, oh, it's just one crazy guy up in the book depository. Just took a real lucky shot with his 223. It's like, it, it's every time that somebody, Gaddafi was the same. African gold-backed currency uh, started, like, building these huge irrigation systems in Africa. And then, oh, immediately dead the second he tried yeah. to get off of uh, world China. banking. Kind of debt-based irrigation systems in Africa. They're the most most reliable form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they, that's so, what they so need. Le, allow, allow me to roll this out just a little bit, and I'll explain yep. why it is that I think Tesla Towers are the solution. They can be built very cheaply, and they can create 
massive amounts of energy, decentralized and a decentralized energy grid, and they can also be used for communication. Are you guys familiar with the Ericsson report? No. No. Okay. I've heard of it. I forget what it's about. Are you familiar with the company Ericsson? No. Oh, yeah. It's a telecommunications company. That's it. That's it. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Yes. Go on. And it's owned by the Wallenbergs out of Switzerland. Okay. And they've centralized the entirety of the communication grid for the planet. So in warfare, the number one thing you want to do first and foremost is compromise the enemy's communication lines. You want to crack their encryption so that you know where they're sending uh, resources, troops, where they're going, when they're leaving, all of that stuff. That leaves the uh, enemy entirely vulnerable to whoever it is that's compromised their communication lines. So it gets us away from the centralized communication grid. Now... Tesla towers can also be used to emit frequencies that can help agriculture as well, can help like plants to grow infinitely larger and more abundant than we ever dreamed possible without the need for genetic modification, without the need for pesticides, without the need for any of that crap. Okay. You, so now you've decentralized agriculture and you've made an abundance of food. All right. Next step. You can also use Tesla towers in combination with something called bioremediating fungi and plants. Okay, so cannabis is a bioremediating plant that bioremediates radiation, right? Um, You can also use fungi to consume things like radiation or uh, diesel fuel soaked soil or um, toxic waste, all sorts of stuff, okay? And what it does is it converts these toxic chemicals that are like called, basically like called forever chemicals that are called anthropogenic chemicals. They don't biodegrade for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, and they bioaccumulate in the ecosystem to toxic levels, and they kill all the microbiological life in the soil, the water, and the air, and it is from that microbiological life that is the basis and the foundation for all macrobiological systems, plants, animals, you know, fish, you name it, okay? I should have so, known. I should have known that the shaman would come on and have a crazy pitch that ends in us having mushrooms and weed. <laughs> uh, for sure. Well, what's what's important to understand, dude, is that the centralized system is only serving less than one percent of the population. Okay, and yes. it's at the expense of the other ninety nine point nine percent of not just humanity but life on the planet. It is a parasitic system. And if we don't do something to change it, then we're fucked. So what we have to do is recognize that in nature is the solution for all of our problems. And all the modern issues that we're dealing with are problems created in the human domain, which means that they could be cre- uh, that they could be fixed, they could be solved through human beings changing their behavior. So we can use Tesla towers in combination with bioremediating fungi and plants to consume all these toxic chemicals. We can also use them to, to get rid of the geoengineering, the, the uh, aerosolized aluminum and barium and, all, and lithium and all the crap that's in the atmosphere with stratospheric aerosol injections, okay? The, yep. This whole notion of blocking out the sun is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, we've talked about so, that. So the, and they, now here's the other thing, is that these Tesla towers are built on electromagnetic ley lines. Okay, where all the pyramids and obelisks and temples are built, right? I wanted to ask you about this. So I heard you in your interviews talk about ley lines. Now, I'm your target audience for this kind of thing. (laughs) I'm a flat earther. I think dinosaurs are fake. I don't even think space exists. Um, So, like, I 
I'm your target audience for getting to believe in ley lines. So I want you to get me to believe in ley lines because when a guy tells me that ley lines are real, I never see enough evidence for it. It's almost like when a girl says her cat can see ghosts. And I'm like, sure, he can. All right. So first of all, we're going to have to disagree on all three of your premises. Um, but that's okay. I'll, I'll explain ley lines and I'll explain why it is that they're an essential role. So the earth has an electromagnetic field that surrounds it, right? Even flat earthers believe yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, those electromagnetic lines do not just hang out around the planet. They're coming from the core. Okay. They're coming from an electromagnetic core that is at the center of the earth. Now that also I, means flat earthers that believe that too. <laughs> so if they're at the core, and what that means is that there's locations on the planet where the ley lines, these electromagnetic lines, go across the crust of the planet itself. Okay. Oh, okay? where I there's see what you're a saying. large amount of electromagnetic density on the planet. Okay, and there's portions where these ley lines crisscross one another and where they crisscross that center where they crisscross there's heightened amounts of electromagnetic activity now is this right? something we can measure like we can go with like some kind of Absolutely. device yes. and be like yeah, this can. spot is way more it's it's a measurement of yes. the electric field and the magnetic field together so did these line up with like old celtic ley line maps and like chinese dragon line maps and stuff did they actually line up yes oh okay cool just want to yes clarify that. that's why they built Stonehenge. That's why they built the pyramids. That's why the Chinese have the pyramids. That's why the Mesoamericans have it. That's why they built burial mounds. That's why they got obelisks everywhere because it's channeling this electromagnetic energy. Okay. Now, these electromagnetic centers are like, uh, there's a vortex of energy that's there. A vortex is like a constantly spinning wheel or a constantly spinning ball of electromagnetic energy and, and, and uh, uh, spin, all right? Now, some vortexes spin at higher frequencies, some spin at lower frequencies, meaning that some are slower in their spin, some are more rapid. The higher the frequency, the more rapid the spin. The lower the frequency, the slower the spin, right? Because it's turning at a certain frequency, right? Right. Yeah. Now, okay. So, and this is part of why I don't buy the flat Earth thing. Okay. I look, you know, without you know sounding too loony, I've astral projected into space. Okay. I've seen the Earth from outer space. All right. Um, now you haven't. You, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Your dream version of you has. In, we don't. We don't have to get into the weeds on this. I'm just telling you that, like. Everything is spinning, like okay? Quantum particles are spinning. The planet is spinning. The sun is spinning. The galaxy is spinning. And it's all based on the same sacred geometric structures. Because in order for a, a, um, the universe to exist, it has to be stable in its structure. It has to be mathematically stable. And, and that mathematic stability is based on harmonic frequencies of energy. All right? Now, in order for the universe to build on itself an infinite complexity from the infinitely large to the infinitely small, what you're going to need is a basic fundamental geometric structure that is able to be built upon infinitely large and infinitely small. This is where we get into something called the vector equilibrium. 
okay? The vector equilibrium is like a Merkaba. Are you guys familiar with the Merkaba? No. I've heard of it. No. <laughs> no. I'm sure you've seen the the, 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 the the two triangles, like the Star of David, mm -hmm. right? I've seen the Star of David. <laughs> we, okay. now, we studied now, that one. Now, so the, that is actually oh, a two-dimensional image. That is a two-dimensional image of a three-dimensional object that is two pyramids that intersect with one another. Yeah, so okay. it's like two D4 dice, is, yeah. What's that? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it's, just, it's like D4 dice, so yeah. Um, just four-sided four triangle structures. Yes. yes. I, I was looking at Now, this, yeah. that vector equilibrium is a stable structure in space and time, and it's these two equally powerful forces converging together. Because they're equally powerful, they create a stable structure in space and time, and then they begin to rotate around one another. And as they rotate around one another and they spin, they create a spiral that is counterclockwise going down and clockwise going up. And this is where we get the toroidal field or the electromagnetic field, okay? Now, oh. as, the, now as the Earth is spinning, okay, there are certain locations on the planet where that spin is felt more dramatically due to the elevation of the crust. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is where we get vortexes in the ecosystems. And each of these vortexes is responsible for the distribution of elements and water and stuff in the ecosystems. And the frequency of these vortexes was what creates different life forms in the ecosystem based on that distribution of elements, water, and the spin of that vortex. Is all of this making sense? I get the concept. Yeah. But like something... Okay. So here's here's where I'm at. Conceptually, I get what you're saying, but a concept that can make sense to you isn't the same as observing a life form being created out of a vortex. You know what I mean? Like just because you just because you can explain well, the process saying, doesn't mean it's real. I'm not saying the vortex is spitting out frogs and bees. No, and no, no. I know that. I know that. I know that. Like. <laughs> Like what I I'm think... saying is that is that so like if you look at the terrain, like for example, here in Arizona, we have three different kinds of terrain. Okay, we have like flat flat plain desert near the south of Arizona, and then as you move up towards Arizona, you get more mountainous desert, and then as you move further north, you get pine trees and shit. Okay, yeah. now if you look at the different types of life forms based on where they're at at like sea level or above sea level how much thinner the air is how much thicker the air is the heat versus the cool etc you get different forms of life different trees trees either grow out wide or they grow up tall etc etc and this is all based on the pull of the electromagnetic field and the spinning of the vortex in those ecosystems I mean, I okay. Now I see where you're going with it. Okay, yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? I agree. Like we have the same thing where it's like you go up 300 feet of elevation. And now mosquitoes don't exist anymore. Like where you know is you go up in the you know mountains or whatever. As soon as you go up into there, but I think that's I don't necessarily know that that's because of a vortex. But I get I get where you're coming from. Well, I, I, would, I, I would like I to go out and you. measure these areas. That's what I. That's where I'm well, like. Well, well, I, I think where my Aaron, we, going. We, we know they're measurable. It's how do we correlate the electromagnetic energy and the the you know actual magnetic field, the rotation of the magnetic field, with then the ecosystem around it. That, well, I think like, that's what, that's the. 
ley lines is not the explanation we're given for that. They're always like, oh, well, actually, right now we're having a, a solar flare from uh, the sun, and then uh, the Earth's core is rotating at a certain wobble right now, and that's why it's extra here. Like They give nonsense reasons where I want to hear alternative you know, explanations like Jacob's laying out for us. And then now I'm now okay, I'm so, curious. I want to like go measure these areas myself, see the difference, and see different things that I could, you know. Well, you can. Okay. So, and the thing is, you don't even need instrumentation to do it. If you look into the ancient um, uh, Aborigines of Australia, they used to be able to see these fucking things. They actually navigated the Australian outback by by seeing the ley lines and walking on them like roads. So, coming back to the Tesla towers, okay. If and when we build on these ley lines, that means that these electromagnetic ley lines can also be used like electromagnetic highways interconnecting these different cities based on these different Tesla towers and this infinite free clean wireless electricity. All right. And we can actually use aerial vehicles without the need to use like combustion engines and shit. We can use aerial vehicles to, to circumnavigate the globe based on these electromagnetic ley lines and we won't have traffic jams all that stuff will be a thing of the past now that's where we get into things like the tr3b the patent that was just released by donald trump in 2020 it was declassified it's an inertia propulsion or anti-gravity craft it uses um uh inertia propulsion or anti-gravity to travel through space and time and these craft have been around for a long time the military industrial complex would not declassify them or release them to the public if they didn't have something better so that being said we can use the ley lines to circumnavigate the globe. So now we have a whole new um, uh, transportation infrastructure, one that is faster, safer, and more efficient, which means prices for goods and services go down. The economy will be much more stable. Here, okay? Here's the problem. Which means uh, that who, I get that this is all possible. Like this is you're you're in a universe right now where the world is working together, and no matter how awakened like that first step of knowledge like public awakening i'm a hundred percent agree with and then the second step of like you have to give them an alternate structure for like how to you know because the the an alternate system because the system that we're in right now is obviously one of the most corrupt things ever i would go as far as to say it's beyond just a level of just like greed being responsible for it there's actually like an element of of like nefariousness like there's a purposeful like evil to it whether you want to yes. describe like i'm i come from a more religious viewpoint of it where it's like oh i think that like there might be a literal demon that runs the world and this is all like a weird test but like the the uh non-religious way to view it is uh maybe there's a cabal of people running the world which we all agree that and then their goal is to like drop the population down to 200 million people so they can control them easier. So the nefariousness comes from actually wanting you dead as opposed to like, um, they're, they're not just dumb and, and poor people aren't getting poorer at, by accident. Cause it, there's going to be like riots, revolutions. I think they're like purposely trying to like kill people, but they need to get them to choose to die. Like that's why they get them to fight weird wars over in the middle East or, burn their own towns down and eventually and then have everybody hate each other right versus left black versus white because they want them to like riot and murder each other uh, hey chop your dick off because they don't want to pro procreate like yeah yeah you're trans now that's they're brave if you're trans 
Um, so it, there is like a level of population control into that, that you don't have to have a religious uh, background to to define evil. But um, Have you that, seen the movie Nefarious? I have not. If you guys haven't seen it, you should watch it. If there's a reason it got such a low credit score on Rotten Tomatoes, because it exposes the woke agenda and explains how the demonic agenda is actually working. Rotten Tomatoes, um, you can just but, go the op, flip the critic review, and it's usually yes, how the movie yes, is. Yeah, exactly. It's really good. Sean Patrick Flannery does an incredible freaking job. You got to see it. It's really good. Um, but case well, in point, okay. Love to check this out because I think this is really pertinent. Humanity is very, very powerful. We are extremely powerful spiritual beings that have the capacity and the capability to create reality to the power of manifestation. Okay. The law of attraction. That's true. So what the globalists, what I call less than one percenters, because that reminds us how small they are and how big we are. That's what they are. They're less than 1% of the population. What the less than one percenters want to do is then place in our minds, their view of reality, their view of the future. They want us to manifest for them. This is why people like Klaus Schwab, the Nazi that he is, is coming out and saying things like in the future, um, you're going to live in 15-minute cities. People are going to um, – everybody's going to wear uniforms. Um, everything's going to be surveilled. You're going to own nothing and like it, and you're all going to eat bugs because yep. he wants us to see that vision of the future and then bring it into manifestation, okay? So part of the trick here is is recognizing the spiritual element to all of this because think about this and i didn't even get into the other two inventions that are pertinent to this new grid system which number two is uh besides tesla towers is dr rife that's r-i-f-e royal raymond oh yeah Uh, we did a whole episode on the rife machine Okay, so so then you know he's working with Tesla on using energies, frequencies, and vibrations to kill disease and to transform human health for the better. Um, and also, there's the three patents that Donald Trump declassified in 2020. One is a zero-point energy engine, infinite free clean electricity, a room temperature superconductor that allows the zero-point energy engine to function without overheating, and the TR3B, the, one, the craft that I mentioned before. So these three tools are there for us to use. Now, in order to understand how this stuff works, number one, when you do research into it, you're gonna find corruption at its inception here in the United States. You're gonna find why it is we don't have Tesla Towers, why we don't have Dr. Rife's machine, and why these patents have been suppressed for decades, okay? And then, so that exposes the historical corruption. It is a historical apocalypse. It is a historical awakening or evolution. Number two, You're going to recognize all of the applications that these technologies have for us to give us a decentralized grid, give us independence, give us abundance, heal and cure disease, um, as well as make transportation more effective, efficient, and far less polluted. You're also going to see how we can actually roll back all the pollution as well. And then lastly, and this is really important, in order to understand how these three patents work, you're going to have to understand three things. 
And Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. In order to understand how these patents work, guess what you got to understand? Energy, frequency, and vibration. So we get a spiritual evolution, a spiritual apocalypse, where the veils are really lifted and we get to see the truth. And so this is why I push this shit in like almost every single interview I do. Because once the people start talking about these three things, everything changes. Here's, I, you're, I, I'm with you 100%, except I feel like you're given like an underpants gnomes explanation. You know, it's like step one, steal underpants. <clears throat> step two, question mark. Step three, profit. I think your step three is really like step six, seven, and eight. Like, I think you're missing a middle part there. So when you have to get people off of that system, you're skipping to a a future where you're, A, just by building a Tesla tower and offering free energy to your neighbor, let alone the whole world. Um, that's active war against a... A, an entity that has way more power than you and can get it shut down no problem without you ever being heard from again now that's not just manifestation i'm not afraid of these people i'm not manifesting their reality because a lot of times they pretend I that they're god I understand and they what you're saying Aaron. just just hold on because i understand exactly where you're coming from that's why i did a video in 2020 called new heaven on earth it's on my old rumble channel it explains i have schematics for these things Okay, I have schematics for how, because the thing is you can't put a Tesla tower in a city like what we have now, because it'll disrupt the cell phone towers, it'll disrupt the grid. What you have to do is create a whole new system, a whole new city, okay? And then what you're going to want to do is create a new form of currency that that city uses that's precious metal based only. And then you have the Tesla tower there. Then you have the schematics there of how it is that you can transport things like water, um, how you can create a decentralized grid system, how you can use the ley lines to navigate, and how it is that you can bring in a real constitutional republic in these small cities, these small towns, and they would be largely self-governing and very self-sufficient because they'd all be growing their own food and stuff like that. So I understand where you're coming from. Hey, well, what hold I'm on. Suggesting have you ever had like the, you know, the concept of like salt versus oil where it's like, you know, your thoughts are like oil and the, and you're like your labor is like the salt. This is a little too much oil or like ether. It's just, these thoughts are great, but they're, they're nothing without the labor into it. And the problem is there's, everybody is so reliant on the system currently that you're talking about most people most people not being able to like grow a tomato or build a build then you got to graduate to like being able to build your own house acquire you your, your own, own ikea furniture land, be able to tower to be able to uh feed a family of four like there's that's where like step 3 is it's like actually pulling yourself out of the system little by little it's not an overnight thing because they won't let you do that overnight because if they wanted to do that they would and they they can stop that so it's like so first in my opinion it's you have to become self-sufficient to the point where you're self-sufficient for you and your family then you can be self-sufficient for your friends and your family then you're a pillar in your town and then once you have the town like you have a town of people that are like-minded boom 
up goes the Tesla tower and we try to do a ley line gravity car like that. You know, I'm with you there, but no one has the capability to even be to get a cohesive town going right now. So, like, I think that's well, the well, step you're missing respect, in the middle. With all due respect, that's not true. You know, okay. Let me explain why I think. That, okay. Currently, we have a breakaway civilization that is underneath our feet. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of deep underground military bases, not just in the United States, but all over the world. Okay. Each of these underground bases has a whole different set of rules, laws, regulations, technologies, um, even currencies, believe it or not. And um, the money that we are funneling into the creation of these things. Okay? I mean, we just gave like $200 billion to Ukraine. The money is there. The question is, who are we allowing to spend it? And why? So the also the the TR3Bs bro we've got them. We have fucking fleets of them. They're just in the dumbs. Okay? They're classified technologies that have not been released to the public because they're called disruptive patents. There's over 5 to 6,000 of these things in these deep underground military fucking bases, okay? That we paid for. I, our I, tax dollars went to making these things. This is another thing where I agree practice. with the concept, but I don't have any proof that those exist in a military base underground. I, I need you. I, I, I need you to just trust me when I say they're real. They exist. If you go to some of these patent, like like government patent websites, you will find that there are five to six thousand of them that are classified. Okay, the government has classified these things and they don't tell you what it is. They just say that they have something and it's classified. They okay. also say they so, say a lot of shit that they lie about, though. Like a lot of these times, like things like I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But look, what you got to do is you got to look at what the whistleblowers are saying. OK, and in particular, you got to look at the whistleblowers that are killed or maligned shortly after they blow the whistle or the people that aren't that giving the media yeah. attention. Okay. So for example, Edward Snowden told us, you know, everything that we already knew that we were being spied on, on a whole other level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just didn't have, the, we just didn't have the name for the projects. We didn't understand what these operations were, what these projects were, how they worked, what kind of technology exactly it is that they had. We didn't understand because we didn't have labels for them. We didn't have cognitive labels. Once again, this is a war for the mind. But once he came out and he said, no, this is what it is. I've been in these dumbs. I've been in these highly secure facilities. This is what they have. This is what I was working on. This is how it works. Then everybody's like, oh, I fucking knew it. I knew it. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what we're dealing with when it comes to this technology. I've seen the TR-3B in the air. I've seen a, a, a government craft, dude. I've seen um, shit, and in, I'm just wait. like, I I know what that is in person or through uh, astral projection. In person? No, yeah. Uh, so, so Bob, looking it up and googling, uh, a lot of um, UFO UAP uh, sightings are attributed to being uh, TR three Bs, and that would like, you know, that would explain a lot. That makes um, sense. There, there yeah. are, you know thousands of sightings, thousands and thousands of sightings just in the U.S. alone. So that's, yeah, I, I think that contextualizes a little bit. Like, you know, people have UFO sightings. Like, you don't need to ask for a project to look up in the sky and see lights and see something flying. I, I saw a stealth, well, here's, uh, here's, they had those the stealth thing, bombers that could just hover, the Harrier jets. We had a military base by us, and we had one of those floating at night, and it was just 
dead silent, made no noise, was floating like 300 feet in the air. And it just looks like a weird like boomerang with li- like some a few lights. And I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? I Then I figured it out like a week later, like looking it up what it was but it was just like a harrier it was oh, fucking nuts the thing I, I also want you to try to like give me the grace here is that being a shamanic practitioner i've experienced things paranormal things interdimensional things that are reserved largely for legend and had i not experienced these things i'd have the same attitude of eh you know, that's just... No, no, I don't have the attitude of, eh, it's more like, uh, I'm just trying to find the thing, to the thread to tug on that's not, trust me, bro. Oh, you know uh, what I mean? Before we, get, before we get into the whole uh, shamanic side of things, I, I want to take a step back and route some of the um, ley lines and Tesla Towers. So, you pointed out that we have the pyramids, we have Stonehenge, we have uh, obelisks around the world that we're, we have ab- uh, Aborigines, Aboriginal peoples who are um, you know, transporting or use, using as guidance, uh, the ley lines. Um, in the past, it looks like the ley lines were utilized quite quite a bit uh, for you know, especially for channeling energy through things like obelisks. Um, I guess a couple a couple of elements of that. Uh, do you see some of these these old civilizations as having access to modern levels of energy? Do you see them as like how, how did they how do they utilize uh, that exploit, energy? Utilize the, how do they use that that energy, or how do they like create this infrastructure in a way that we aren't doing now? Like that 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 should be our model civilization, looking at the past and how they successfully well, did it. They they were far more advanced than we were. That's number one. We can't replicate the pyramids in Giza, let alone the pyramids in China and Bosnia. I agree okay? with that. So, yeah. So they were far more advanced than we are now. And it's because they were in symbiosis with the earth, with the laws of physics, with the forces of creation. They understood how this stuff worked and they used it to their advantage. When we're in a civilization that's quite the opposite, our civilization is about covering up the divine matrix of energy, about covering up the truth and suppressing it to keep the consciousness of humanity suppressed. Now, when we get into things like for example, the Mahabharata, uh, Bhagavad Gita, okay? They talk about Vimanas. Are you guys familiar with Vimanas? Mm-hmm. No. It's the bell-shaped craft that they said uh, was transporting the gods. It's. It, they also talk about an ancient nuclear holocaust in, in the Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata. And, like, what these the things Bible. do, you guys know what, gyros- you know what gyroscopes are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so gyroscopes, you can have like it basically like it it defies gravity. You can put it on the corner of a table and it won't tip over because both the wheels are spinning in opposite directions and the centripetal force keeps it level, right? Mm -hmm. So what the the manas do is inside of those gyroscopic wheels, they place liquid mercury. And then they have these things spinning and it creates like an anti-gravity field. It expands the gyroscope's anti-gravity field to around the Vimana itself. And this allows it to move through space and time without experiencing any G-force. And it is from this design that the Nazis created their flying saucers, their Nazi bells, etc. Now, this is this gets into another level of the deep state and what we're actually dealing with here. Okay, because... 
the Nazis, the Operation Paperclip, we brought them over because we wanted their tech, we wanted their medical knowledge, and we wanted to understand how it is they had certain like psychic powers and shit. And I'm not even kidding, okay? This is part of like the, how the Nazi is looking into the occult and shit like that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, case in point, the these craft, we've developed craft that travel so fast and it's like you got space as one plane, you've got time as another. And these craft are like traveling so fast, they're traveling above time and the dimension of time and almost like skipping across it like a water. I mean, like a, 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 a skipper rock skipping across water. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they have become like these interdimensional craft. Now, there are entities within the government, both global and national that have developed these craft in these top secret, above top secret, underground military bases. And so you have two sides, uh, two factions that are warring over the planet using this top secret or above top secret technology, Q level security clearance technology to fight in this space that is above space and time. Who are and these two factions? So by... What's that? Who are these two factions warring? Um, One, I mean... Uh, David Wilcock liked to coin them as the cabal versus the alliance. Um, I look at it more like humanity versus demonic forces, Satanists, Luciferians, um, and uh, people for freedom versus people that want human slavery. Um, a oh, wait, lot does of the this actually get, is, the, are you talking like a QAnon type thing actually now at this point? Do you well, think there is no, like a... Q an underground like coup going on well kind of what you saw with jfk's assassination was a coup okay and it's because it's because jfk was trying to get away from the debt-based currency he was also prying into what was going on in area 51 and with a majestic 12 and stuff like that he also refused to do false flags like operation northwoods etc he didn't want us to get in the war in vietnam there's all sorts of stuff that goes into all of that so yeah what we're witnessing is that for quite a long time the government, our government, has been being infiltrated by what Yuri Bezmenov called a global communist conspiracy, a new world order, okay, a mm -hmm. one world government, okay? If we really want to just kind of try to keep it simple, look at it like this. The Nazis and Operation Paperclip, there was a very strong and pro-American group of individuals within the government and the military industrial complex at the time of World War II that wanted nothing to do with these fuckers, okay? They wanted nothing to do with them. They didn't want their shit. They didn't want them coming into the government, but it just happened anyway because of higher level people within the government that worked for the NWO. Now, the Nazis were brought over here. They were war criminals. The war crimes were wiped clean. They were given false identities, and they were then placed at some of the highest levels of influential power within the bureaucracy of the United States government. And that's the deep state. Now, one thing you also have to remember is that the Soviets did the same thing, okay? And there was large portions of the Nazis that moved from Europe over to Argentina and Antarctica. So now they're on basically two of, of the largest continents in the planet, or three of the largest continents, Antarctica, um, the Americas, and, you know, the Asian continent. And they're...
basically infiltrating these governments and they're using the technology that they had like you know the flying saucer gyroscope mercury based uh craft and stuff to circumnavigate the globe they had technological supremacy and that's why we brought them over because we wanted that tech we also wanted the medical information and we also wanted to learn how it is that they had such high level and highly skilled psychic uh super soldiers basically now can that you, being said can you elaborate on the what? psychic super soldiers that the nazis had that's something i'm unfamiliar with He's familiar yeah, with it, but so, just in 40k, and now he's really interested. That's what's going on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so look at it like this. The, a lot of these Nazis were into the occult, okay? Mm -hmm. And largely, for the most part, throughout the occult in the world, the modern world, is the worship of Saturn or Satan, all right? So we're talking like the dark side of the Force, yeah. okay? Now, that being said... Um, when these Nazis were moving up in rank within this like hierarchical occultic order, they were having to do, um, they were having to do rituals that were far more evil and demonic. And in the process, they allowed themselves to become possessed by demonic forces. They essentially opened themselves up to being possessed. And with that possession, with that possession, uh, not just came like an insatiable bloodlust and a desire to fuck children, but also things like having the ability to read minds or having the ability to, uh, to like, have you ever seen the men who stare at goats? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't watch it, so, but I like, know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can weaponize psychic abilities, and these people have pretty profound weaponized psychic abilities. I'm sure you guys have heard of Foo Fighters, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So there's a lot of theories about Foo Fighters. One of them is that these were actually astral projecting Nazis, these psychic super soldiers that were able to target these things and shut, use their electromagnetic field and astral projection to shut down these engines. Some people believe that they were technologies that the Nazis created, but largely the ability to do things like remote viewing or astral projection is something that our government has been interested in. We've literally dumped billions of dollars into it. Yeah. Um, so it is a reality and we wanted to know how they were doing what they were doing, both technologically and through, um, you know, psi research and stuff like that, as mm -hmm. well as medical research. And they, and the psi research and the medical research kind of fused together. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a convoluted thing. But when you really get right down to it, really what it comes down to is the, essentially the weaponization of the electromagnetic field around the body and learning how to use it to circumnavigate the globe and the other portions of electromagnetic activity that go beyond the five senses. Okay. Interesting. Now, the oh. Nazis were smart. They were really fucking smart. Okay, they were like genius level of intelligence at some of these high levels. So they understood things on another level that most, you know, lower level Nazis didn't get. That's why we wanted to bring these people over. Now, coming back to this notion of like shadow government and a shadow war going on at the high levels of power. That has been going on for a long time. Um, and I mean, shit, it was going on with the American Revolution, for God's sake. 
there was a bunch of Freemasons that gave the finger to the New World Order over in England and the Masonic lodges over there practicing all this Saturnian Satan worship crap. And they came over here because they wanted to do something different. Okay, so this war between these dueling factions, it goes all the way back to Moses, you guys. It goes all the way back to Jesus. It goes all the way back to... Um, well, it goes back to Babylon. Noah. It goes back to ancient, you know, Syria. Yes. Um, yes. But that's why, like, I was going to say, like, this, the, you know, the Nazis being occultists aren't, isn't a new concept. That's a, that's no, a not. much older thing than that. They like, were practicing, it, yeah, much older shit. Just like they went to India to learn about the Vimanas, they also learned about this, all this ancient occultic shit as well. Okay, and then they used it and they weaponized it. That's that's why they took what normally was the symbol for peace, what we call the swastika now. And what they did is they twisted it and then they flipped it. And so now the symbol that had been used for thousands of years to create peace all over the planet was now known globally as a symbol for war. You hmm. see, so symbols have an effect on our consciousness. They have an effect on our mind. So that being said, there has been a very real war going on both in the ether and on the ground through technology and through things like psychic capabilities for, for decades here in the United States. And it has to do with how it is that these dueling factions use this technology and what they use it for. You can use a gun to keep people safe and to keep them free, or you can use a gun to bring harm to people and keep them enslaved and in fear, right? So the government is like that gun. These technologies are like that gun, you see? And yeah, like, you don't need how, to say that I like that gun. The government has guns. They're using them to keep us enslaved in fear. Uh, technology is the atomic bomb, which is effectively a gun. Like, it, it's not even a metaphor. Like, it's, it's literally just a gun. Yes, <laughs> but these, but these craft, if you have the ability to transcend space-time and look at timelines, almost like freaking uh, um, interstellar, you know, like it's a tesseract of all these different timelines and possibilities within mm -hmm. the multidimensional structure of the multiverse itself, then you end up choosing a very specific timeline. And you say, this is the timeline that we're going to create one where, you know, the cabal says they want one where they're in control, where the humanity is reduced in population to a certain number and they control the world. And then there's another faction that's like, nah, dude, we ain't having that timeline. We're going to go this route with it where humanity is free and we create it like a garden of Eden and there's an abundance of food and energy and water. And, and, you know, uh, there isn't this global genocide that these people are trying to create because they are eugenicists. They do yeah. believe in their own genetic superiority. He, um, so like, I guess where I'm struggling with is not that the concept of the story doesn't make sense, but like there's, I've never seen evidence of psychic warfare and I don't know what faction you're talking about. This resistance faction, I don't think is a faction. I think it's a natural reaction to somebody with any kind of pattern recognition to that level of control. I don't think it's like a faction as much as it's just a natural Thing that you would do to be opposed to this like obviously well, fucked up system i understand so check this out because it can be both and it can be both at the same it can time, be both okay? i just 
don't see. No, just t- I, I've just never seen the it. evidence of the the the. I've I've endured it. Okay, I, as a shamanic practitioner, I've endured some of the craziest fucking shit. That if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe me because you've never experienced it. Okay? Yeah, of course. But There's going to always be stuff like I'm that. Telling you, this shit is fucking crazy. And like, when you get to a certain level of psychic uh, capabilities, not only do you it, you make yourself very powerful, but you also leave yourself extremely vulnerable. Now, um, when it comes down to it, uh, this idea of like a psychic war and um, a resistance versus a resistance to evil and all that stuff. Look at it like this. Are you guys familiar with cymatics? You know what cymatics uh, is? Yeah, that's that's the um, like modal patterns in, in sand and water and stuff, right? Right, yeah. and the higher the frequency, the more complex the pattern, right? Oh, yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want you to try to imagine it like this. Everything in creation is a cymatic pattern of energy. It's all grains of rice or salt being moved on the speaker or on the metal plate. So if we want to like narrow it down to Earth, it's like Earth is the speaker or the metal plate. And the electromagnetic field that surrounds the earth is the frequency of energy. And human beings, plants, animals, insects, everything, human civilizations are different grains of rice being moved on the planet, being moved on the speaker to create different patterns of energy on the planet. I agree with you on that, and that's why uh, when creation is described in the Bible, it's God speaks it into existence. And, and the angels yes, the are always God, in a God choir. Is, yes. It's always a choir. It's, it's all about uh, sound and frequency and when, when they talk about creation in, in the Bible. Correct. So, in the end, we're all just grains of rice on the speaker, man. And you can say that there are uh, good forces and evil forces that are fighting over the planet essentially from either creating a low frequency version or a low frequency pattern which is very simple or a high frequency pattern which is very complex which means that more energy is being channeled through it now when we get into like the way that this plays into like the spiritual aspect of things in the HeartMath Institute, they came to understand, they did these experiments with DNA, and they found that there's these little antenna on the DNA that are activated by certain uh, thought and and uh, emotional frequencies. And these are frequencies that are in the electromagnetic field of the body, and they go all the way down to a DNA level. If you have a low frequency of thought and emotion based in fear, the wavelength is really long and broad and slow. And when it's mapped over the DNA, not only does it cause the DNA to tighten, and also decay more rapidly, but it activates far less antenna on the DNA that are responsible for sending and receiving light and information with what quantum physicists call non-local consciousness or basically God, source, energy, okay? So they're sending and receiving light, our DNA is sending and receiving light and information with God or non-local consciousness. It gets in a feedback loop of light and information. Now, when you have a love-based frequency, it's like really rapid. 
and up and down and up and down. Lots of energy is being channeled through the DNA, which means that more of the antenna get activated and they send and receive more and more light and information. So you're able to absorb more and more light and information. You get more energy in the feedback loop. Now, all things are connected to God. All things are connected to non-local consciousness. Okay, so that means that every form of life on the planet that has DNA is sending and receiving in this feedback loop. So the more life that's on the planet, the higher the frequency of the planet, the higher the cymatic pattern, the more complex the energetic pattern. See, now, if you reduce the amount of life forms on the fucking planet, what does that do? That creates a lower frequency because everything's dying you see, and so these globalists, less than one percenters, are creating a genocidal agenda where they're literally trying to destroy humanity and reduce the population. And their uh, corporations are producing all of these anthropogenic forever chemicals that are just absolutely decimating ecosystems and causing mass extinctions and ecocide. Okay, it's a satanic agenda. It is a Luciferian agenda, a low frequency agenda, and this is also really important. I I, I, I do agree with that. that I I actually I do agree with that. And I was gonna just say uh, that I think one aspect of it that uh, in order for them to actually be successful and why it actually comes to like a spiritual thing for me for like uh, like a satanic agenda as opposed to just like greed is. Um, there's like a it, this is another biblical concept, but you really do have to choose to like accept that like low vibration, that fear based like emotional state. Like the you have they make you choose it. They make you go get oh get me six boosters. Get oh put the mask on and then yell at an old lady in the grocery store that if she's not doing what you're doing. Like they they have to have you debase yourself before it works. Yes. Yes, and that's part of their agenda is this notion of like um it's how they it's how they believe in their minds that they are absol absolved of the karma. So they have to tell you what they're doing because you have to choose it. So We talk about this a lot. The best metaphor the best metaphor I've ever heard is if I sell you a pack of cigarettes without telling you that it'll give you cancer. That's on me. But if I sell you a pack of cigarettes and before I sell it to you, I say, these things will kill you. These things will give you cancer and you buy it anyway, then that's on you. You see, yeah, yeah. And that's how they view it is that is that you have to, like you said, acquiesce. You have to accept. You have to make the free choice. And then this is where we come down into this whole thing about like what I was saying about the demonic agenda and free will and watching nefarious is that in that movie, the demon was basically saying that that is the demonic agenda is getting people to choose evil. And now he was in the demon yeah. was saying in the movie, like now, you know, you don't even humanity doesn't even recognize evil when it's right in front of them. They don't even recognize it when they're doing it. Well, mm -hmm. that's a thing with, with evil. Okay. So somebody that is like objectively evil, they never think they're evil unless they're just being real fucking edgy. Like the, the most of these people that like want to kill like the whole population in their mind, they twist it in their mind. Like, they they think like Thanos from Guardians of the Galaxy. They're like, no, no, I'm doing this for good reasons, though. Like, you guys just don't understand how complex yeah, my, virus, like... me saving everybody is. I have to, I'm going to take this burden on myself to save everybody by... Yeah, the, the globalists think that 
the humanity is the largest threat to both human survival and the survival of the planet. Yeah, which is insane. But they have to think that way. But even like on a basic level, like a person you know, like it comes down to people that are uh, that identify with their own victimhood. Um, like if you you could easily go be like. I was unfairly imprisoned, and uh, and this is why I act this way now. Now I'm crazy because they put me in solitary confinement for a year. But you, um, I think that actually the uh, the one thing that you showed through that experience that was probably the best thing for you was like gratitude for the things that were good about it, like uh, public acceptance, like public the public coming to a point where they thought they were like oh this guy actually got screwed over right before you got released so you weren't released into some fucked up situation there's actually good things about when you got out even though it fucking sucked but um you know you everybody's had a girlfriend or like a tinder date where they identify with like uh i i was a uh I was a date rape victim because uh, I had sex with a guy I didn't really want to. And then they try to like jump on this like victimhood bandwagon about themselves. And then they, but they use that to justify their own bad behavior. Everybody that identifies their own victimhood, it's just to justify their own bad behavior every time. If somebody is a victim, they will fuck you over eventually. And you just have to like recognize that. And, um, but yeah, that's I think that's just part of the choosing the choosing your uh low vibration kind of state of mind. And I, I like I agree hundred percent with all of that. Well, I, I think I think um the low frequency is good visualization for it as well, just based on how vibrations work. For for a low frequency mode, the whole of the structure is moving in unison. It's like hundred percent mass participation. It is um just this one or you know, two like modal lobes across the plate. When you get a high frequency uh, vibration it's very localized modes based on different dynamics it's de it's decentralized ultimately so the low frequency is the conformity that is the people taking what the government's giving them they're accepting the pack of cigarettes into their heart uh, and lungs and they they are kind of all going in unison with it's everything else around them and then that's that's yeah where we get into more people more uh just like you know not not could like the reason humans are a threat to the world and ourselves is because of the consumer culture that we have accepted and uh, we've been uh, you know fed, that has been fed to us and that we've accepted and just kept building upon and building upon and uh, you know uh, i guess also for war and conflict as well Cons consumerism and war so like humans don't have to be that humans don't have to be these these giant states with giant defense uh departments that are uh, in yeah giant government spending that's, that's just yeah yeah yeah, yeah so like well, and this is yeah, why I was suggesting what I was suggesting about the Tesla towers, about the new way of living, about different types of cities based on a, a different grid and the decentralization and all that. Because what I'm talking about is essentially a symbiotic relationship with the environment. What we have right now is a culture that is parasitic on both humanity and the planet because it is serving just less than 1% of the population. If we have a decentralized system that is serving everybody equally, not necessarily, I'm, I'm not talking about communism here. I'm talking about real capitalism because what we have is not a, a capitalist state. What we have is a fascist no. state where the government is protecting the corporate interests. 
Yeah, we okay? actually just they did that about classified. different types of governments, and we've decided that we're a kleptocracy, where the government is just <laughs> there in order to steal labor from the populace. That is its only purpose. Well, yeah, it's it's reinforcing the monopolies of the corporations, and it's using the government's <laughs> monopoly on the initiation of force to do so. So I have a quick question yeah, that's about fascism. This new infrastructure that you're you're talking about being, you know, uh, with the Tesla towers and also being one with uh, with nature, do things from our current state of affairs can they be um, used in this new infrastructure or modified to be able to go into this new infrastructure? Like you talk a lot about currency, uh, and you mentioned gold specifically, uh, like rare metals and stuff like that. Could potentially like uh, cryptocurrency be the new currency, yeah, or the, is that the just completely? Currency. Is decentralized, but it's not in tune with nature whatsoever. It's completely antithetical to that. So, well, this is my thinking about that. In order for our society to work, we're putting. We're. I think we're doing the wrong thing because we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is create a, a currency system that is multi-layered and multi-leveled. So you could have something like mm -hmm. cryptocurrency as one layer of it. Another layer would be precious metal-based currency, and then the other bottom layer would be a barter system. Okay. I like and then that. if one. If one of those things goes out or fails, you have the others to fall back on. But currently, all we have is the fucking dollar. You're right. right. That's, all, that's all the whole world has right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I had a couple other questions based on some things you've brought up. So uh, taking a step back to the whole uh, Nazi scientists, occult, that side of things, um, you had mentioned kind of the very important aspects that uh, uh, some Nazi scientists had gone to Antarctica after the war, right? We, we have a... Slight obsession with Antarctica on the show. I have our own uh, Duke of Ice correspondent we bring on occasionally, um, and you know we a lot of different theories about what might be going down going on down there. What do you think is going on down in Antarctica? Yeah, currently, well, what is happening in Antarctica? <laughs> there's this whistleblower that came forward and that was talking about how they have like laser weapons and stuff down there that they have like earthquake machines and stuff down there that they use um let us not forget that it's basically like a hub for all nations to go down there and basically do whatever the fuck they want they can do medical experiments and stuff down there they can do whatever the hell that they want um there's let's not also forget the history that's being suppressed down there yes there are ancient artifacts yes there are things like pyramids and stuff like that that are in antarctica so what's interesting about antarctica is that it has everything that has been suppressed from humanity it has the ancient technologies, the deep underground military bases. It has the fucking Nazis. It has the it has the uh, medical experiments. It has the weaponry that is being developed, weather weapons, lasers, all sorts of stuff. Um, it has the confluence of mutual interests on behalf of a globalist new world order. Um, it is. It is. If when if and when we figure out what the hell's going on down there, then it unravel. It's like pulling the thread on the sweater that finally unravels the whole thing. And it sounds like everything's going on down there. Like there's no shortage of the list there, and you didn't even get to literal demons under the ice. So like, there's a lot going on down there. The 60th parallel and then south is a no is a no fly zone. That's fucking insane. That's like taking the north tip of like Maine and cutting the whole north part of the world and saying that's a no-fly zone. But don't worry, nothing's there but penguins and ice. That's fucking. No, that's just like Canada and Russia. No one cares about that. Yeah, it is. That's 
Antarctica is very weird. Anybody that can't get into being curious about Antarctica is like has a room temp IQ for sure. It's also like a nice little vacation spot for like the Queen of England or you know. Oh yeah, she takes and then like uh, Tom Carey and yeah, yeah. so like lots lots of people. But uh, that um, oh something else. One of our listeners was was interested. Um, so going back into the whole psych, uh, psychic warfare, some of that stuff, and um, what is your experience with DMT elves? Oh, I met them. I met DMT elves. I met the jesters. I met the clowns. Um, I've met good experience. Inter- bad experience. What are the clowns? Um. Well, like one time, um, I was really hesitant because anytime you smoke DMT, it's like a near death experience, you know. So, like, it's total ego death. You're just out in the ether, and so I was really hesitant, and I was like, I'm gonna do this. Just please be gentle with me. Like, you know, be kind to me. So I took a massive bong rip of the DMT and I held it and I closed my eyes. And as soon as I closed my eyes, there was this like almost like a smiling face, like right in front of me, like like right about here, smiling like it was excited. And then it like ran away, like it disappeared in the back. And then out of the out of the ether comes this clown. You know, you know those um those push lawnmowers that have like the rotating wheels. Yeah. The rotating blades. Yeah. The manual ones. Long... Yeah. The manual ones. Yeah. It had one of those. It was a clown with these big old shoes and like dreadlocks. And you know, it had like, like massive, like spirals for eyes. It was very psychedelic. It looked really happy, big old cartoon like lips and was pushing this like manual lawnmower that was made out of balloons it was, made, it was like a it was like a balloon animal lawnmower and it was like dancing and like waving at me like hi hi as it was like walking by and i was just like okay i guess i guess it's gonna be friendly this time around <laughs> you know um this time around uh, okay i've met i've met interdimensional entities that look like something out of like um come on bud sit down there you go my dog's just being a goof um i met some interdimensional entities that they look like fractal patterns, but they they are communicative. They it's like like I had one experience where I met a bunch of them and it was almost like I was shaking all of their hands and I was like being shown, like given like a guided tour of the DMT space. That's the um, that's the shared experience for everybody I've heard of that smokes DMT is that like fractal pattern beings. Like that one I hear from every single person that's ever smoked it. Well, I had this really interesting experience um, one time. If as long as you don't chase the kitties, I'll let you go. Okay, <laughs> don't worry. We can um, <laughs> oh, you, we can keep it. It's adorable. I love my dog. Um, anyway, uh, but anyway, so I, I smoked DMT at the height of a mushroom trip. Where actually, it was as I was coming uh, down. After- <laughs> Why? And- oh my god! <laughs> I experienced. Oh, dude, it was so intense. Death. I experienced the ego death in like, you know, taking an eighth of mushrooms. I, I can only imagine what DMT is on top of that. Wait, oh, wait. That, oh, I did seven grams. I, I ate seven grams of mushrooms. And then I, after, after I started to come down, I smoked the DMT. Hey, 2024. Um, played... uh, okay. Homo spirit quest. Hey guys, <laughs> you guys down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't, it's, I, I would recommend it. Um, I put in earplugs. I put in earplugs. 
I smoke. I took the bong rip and I closed my eyes and I laid down on my bed with my hands on my chest like this. And I just got into a breathing rhythm. And there was this sound, this and it was getting really, really intense. And like above me, as my eyes are closed, like descending upon me was this maze that was made out of these gigantic orange rectangular blocks, these large yellow pyramids with these large white discs on top of like the capstone. And this thing is like, and then it was like, I was in the maze. And I was like, oh shit. You know, this is, this is intense. And then out of the maze, out like from like the, the depths of the maze comes this like gesture made of light with, you know, like the gesture hat. But he also had like these like elf-like curly shoes, like Santa's elves, you know? And yeah. The whole thing was made of light and constantly transforming colors. And um, he comes up and you know those like Japanese fans where you can like fold them open? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. like he had one of those, except it was really big. And then at the end of each of the fan, uh, each end of the fan, another Japanese fan sprouted. And at the end of those, another one sprouted. Oh my God. Another one sprouted. So cool. And it just like multiplied into this massive fractal thing of all these colors and shapes and patterns. And then they all condensed down on each other. And then they closed up. And he looked at me like, and then he ran away. And I was like, the hell's going on here? You know, and then this other, this other one came up. It was similar looking gesture made of light and stuff, just like different personalities and like different like looks, but kind of the same generic look. And he had like this, like octagon, like, uh, like, uh, I guess it would be an octahedron, you know, three dimensional and within it and around it were popping up more like it was like a, like what Terrence McKenna called dribbling jeweled basketballs. And it was like same same similar thing as the fan just all these different things and then it condensed down on itself and then he runs away and i was like what the fuck is going on like how is this enlightening how is this teaching me something about life like what in the hell is happening and so i <laughs> said to myself the next, the next time one of these dudes comes up to me and tries to do this shit i'm just gonna go up and like stop him and i'm gonna talk to him so next dude comes up and tries to show me some shit. I, like, I go up and I'm with my hands. I'm like doing this, but my hands are laying on my chest, mind you. Right. So like I'm in the ether interacting with these things and I go up and I, you know, move my hands. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to see any of that stuff. I want to talk to you. What is this place? What is going on? Who are you? Why are you doing this? What is, what is going on? And then it looked at me like, what the fuck. And then it ran away. And I was like, the hell's going on here and then i was like the next dude that comes up to me doing this shit i'm gonna do same thing man so dude comes up looks very similar you know jester hat the curly shoes different vibe you know but similar look and he tries to do the same thing some shows me something else and i same thing i no 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 i want to talk to you dude what is this place why are you doing this how is this enlightening what are you supposed to be teaching me what the hell is going on here what is this and then he looked at me like, what the fuck? And then he runs away. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I ran after him. And then like, I tackled the guy from behind. And like, somehow he went from being life-size, like my height, to being like the size of like a little elf inside of my hands. And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, dude, what is going on here? What is this place? Why are you doing this? And I guess like in my, in my emotionally charged state i like squeezed him too hard or something because like his neck like shot to the side and his feet exploded 
And like, and then there was this sound, this plink sound. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I squished him. Oh my God. You're the first person I've heard that's killed an interdimensional. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it, dude. No wonder they framed you. You probably killed one of their friends that gave him fucking Pedophile Island or something. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, Linda, listen. (laughs) And I'm like feeling really bad as I'm looking at this corpse. This guy, things like head is like shot to the side, its feet are like exploded out underneath my hands. And then out of the hole in its neck and out of its feet come these little white balls. And then they coalesce into a little ball of light. And then there's this sound like child laughter, like. (laughs) And then this ball like goes off into the distance. And I was like, what the fuck? Ran away again. (laughs) Yeah. And then I opened my eyes and I looked around I'm in my room, and of course everything is like you know, you know. And I'm, I'm, I still got my hands on my chest. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Close my eyes. Now remember, I had earplugs in, so there was nothing going on in the outside world that was making these noises. You know, it was all in the no. space. And and outside world, you're actually only down when the people take a rip of fucking DMT. They're only really out for like thirty seconds. Like it's very quick. And then, but they're like, oh, no, I was gone for about five, five, ten minutes. Really? After I came back, yeah. It's if DMT. If you take a big enough hit, you're gone for at least ten minutes, probably fifteen total. You fully come down. I think like salvia is the one so, that only lasts like a handful of seconds. Um, no, no. I've, I've watched over people that have smoked DMT, and it's like it's like kind of funny how quick it is, and then they come out and they're like. What the fuck? Well, yeah, you live a lifetime. Well, in then a they didn't of... do enough. Then they didn't do enough. You want to do <laughs> like that's why I take it through a bong. That's why I do a bong rig because then I just take a massive inhale and I just hold it until I can't hold it anymore. A lot of time when I blow out, there's nothing to blow out. But anyway, I open my eyes, I look around, realize I'm okay. So I close my eyes to try to go back. But it was like when I close my eyes. It was like every time I took a breath, every time I took an inhale, it was almost like I was swelling up like a balloon. Like my consciousness was getting really, really tight, like like I was going to explode. And then when I exhaled, it was like a balloon deflating, like. <laughs> and then if I inhaled, it was like. Right. <laughs> now, have have you done astral projection only through psychedelic means or have you have you done? Oh, it? no. Okay completely sober yeah. before like through yeah. a sense of meditation yeah. or just a um a, like a focusing of your your inner consciousness or something like that okay yeah. interesting all right so How? like that was like what's your method the most there extraordinary, <laughs> it's like the most extraordinary and that was years and years and years ago like seriously like at this point it was like probably like seven or eight years ago okay yeah, and but, i yeah, haven't done your... anything like that since once in a lifetime is enough what's mm-hmm. what's your uh technique as as one would call it to be able to start getting into the field of like astral astral projecting well um start with just being able to calm your mind first meditation is the beginning breathing meditation um, stuff like the basics you gotta you gotta, you gotta you gotta crawl before you can walk you gotta walk before you can run you gotta run before you can fly right so you got to learn to crawl, then walk, then run, then fly. I would say that you're best off 
learning to discipline yourself through exercise, yoga, Tai Chi, meditation. And then once you've gotten that stuff down, then you can move into the next level, which is things like astral projection. But one thing you got to keep in mind about astral projection is that it is like an ecosystem. So like mm. you could go into the forest and see bunnies and butterflies and trees and it's all benevolent and cool. But if you go deep enough, guess what? You're going to run into a fucking bear. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. There are hostile there is, entities out there, even while in, yeah, in, in the predators ether. and parasites. Yes. Predators yeah. and parasites do exist in the ether. So um, the idea is, is that like, it's like bringing a light into the darkness and you're going to attract things. Now, the idea of like attracting bad things is really largely dependent on your intention of why you're going in. Because you're essentially using your own body like a portal, like like inner and outer space are exactly the same. So when you go deep enough within, you go you go far out. Mm-hmm. You and know what I'm saying? It becomes more dangerous. So. Well, kind of, it can. Okay. But the thing is, that's why you got to do things like surrounding yourself, like seeing yourself enveloped in light and like like a protective shield and stuff like that. You have to say a prayer, all that stuff, which is why before I ever take any sort of like a psychedelic experience or, or DMT or anything, I always say a prayer, dude. And fright mushrooms, I always talk to God. I always talk to the mushroom. I pray for a pleasant experience. I ask the mushroom to be gentle. You know, um, because in shamanism, they view mushrooms and like peyote and stuff like they're plant teachers. They're plant spirits that can relay knowledge or gnosis onto you. And the level of intensity is something that is largely obviously dictated by how much you eat. But like I know people that have eaten a gram of mushrooms and had a bad trip. I've eaten nine grams and I had a great time, you know, (laughs) so what you got to remember is that it's also the person that's doing it. So if you're an asshole and you're trying to astral project, well, guess what? You're going to draw negative things to you. Right. You know, but if you're a good person and you're astral projecting, then you're going to draw positive things to you. Now, the only disadvantage there is this, is that if your presence becomes big enough, then you're going to draw things to you that, seek to take that from you okay so you got to be careful and you got to know how to defend yourself against these forces and largely what it comes down to is faith and self-confidence um especially when it comes to paranormal activity and paranormal experiences you have to realize because you have a body you're the one that actually has the power and these Hmm. things that are negative are going to try to take your energy you're going to try to create fear. So like, think about it in the Bible. Anytime an angel b- appears before a prophet, what's the first thing they say? Don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Be fair. So, Unless that's because in the Bible, they're described as Lovecraftian horrors. That's why they always come disguised well, as well. Well, they're interdimensional entities for which our physical eyes cannot and mind cannot conceive of their totality. Mm-hmm. 
And so we, we try to fill in the gaps. And when you have one of these experiences, I mean, people freak out when they see a UFO. Could you imagine if some like high intensity sephir, uh, seraphim came and was like, you know, um, uh, uh, I think a cherubim came to you and was like, you know, hey, flaming sword. I have a message from God. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh shit. You know, and like this thing is like descending from the sky, this massive thing of light, and it's like beaming, beaming thoughts and emotions into you and stuff. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Right. You know, it, it would take a let a alone being amount. like two, three thousand years ago. Could you imagine being two, three thousand years ago and having one of these fucking things <laughs> like uh, show themselves to you? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it have... didn't bother the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were trying to fuck the angels. <laughs> well, the thing is about stuff like that is that angels have the ability to incarnate and take on flesh and form if they decide or if they're given a mission from God. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they have this ability, like like Rodney. No, no, bud. Leave the kitties alone. They have the ability to like condense their energy into a physical form and then navigate through a town or something and see, you know, or find somebody or deliver a message or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. But a lot of the time, if they're going to appear before a prophet, they're going to do so in a way that's like shows their, their grace and their eminence and their power. Yeah. Like the most true, true form as well. I think that's, that's part of the point, but um, yeah. So, I will say you gave Bob a lot of helpful advice. You realize you're in a position where you could have just sold him a book or like a $300 six week course or something. <laughs> like you didn't you think Bob for the sucker he could be. <laughs> that was well, here's be... the thing, bro. Like Go ahead. I, I would rather make a difference than make a dollar. <laughs> Speaking of that though, nah, nah. because we, we don't want to take all of your time. We appreciate the yes. time that you've given us here tonight. Um, so my last question for you is what, what are you hoping for the future? Because I know you, you actually have written a book. Uh, it's titled One Mind written at a two. Time, A Deep State Illusion. Oh, you wrote two. Okay, what's what's the next one? Yeah, uh, Yeah. so the first one um, that I wrote was one called Will and Power, colon, Inside the Living Library. So Will and Power, Inside the Living Library by Lone Wolf, L-O-A-N-W-O-L-F. And um, that one is a fiction and it is like a condensation of a lot of my shamanic experiences that I have kind of put into a fictional story that is entertainment while at the same time information being relayed. Um, and then after that, I wrote a book called One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion by Jacob Angeli. That one is nonfiction. That one is about the deep state, what it is how it came about, what it does, why it does what it does, etc. Um, it goes through all the different layers of the deep state from like basic psychological warfare 101 all the way to like, yeah, like things like secret societies, um, MK Ultra, mind control. Yeah, we even get into Dr. Emoto and like water crystals. Eventually we get into like Bohemian Grove and then we get into things like deep underground military bases and eventually we get into things like interdimensional or extraterrestrial entities, the secret patents, all that stuff. And then we kind of ended on positive note and talk about how we could solve our world's problems quite easily if we just work together cool 
Awesome. And then uh, the copies are available on Amazon. I don't know if there's a better direct uh, way to buy them directly from you. Yeah, here, but... they're all self-published. They're self-published on Amazon. You can also find it on my website. Um, my ah, there website we go. is yep. ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. Uh, that's ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. Um, and at ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com, you have like access to a bunch of free content, podcasts, interviews. Um, we're trying to get the free courses back up after uh, Vimeo took them down. Um, we also got uh, a lot of really awesome merchandise. There's, I mean, dude, some of the merch is freaking hilarious. You got to check it out. Even just, just to look at it, it's funny. Some of it's really <laughs> cool too. Um and then uh, there's also like a consultations portion. So what I encourage people to do if they want to talk to me personally for an hour, it is $500 an hour. But what I encourage people to do is go through all the free content. There's literally dozens at this point, dozens of hours. Go through all the free content. <clears throat> Digest all of that information. Then if you want me to personalize it and help you along your spiritual ascension journey, then I'll give you an hour of my time. It's five hundred. Wait, it's five hundred and three dollars. So, um, <laughs> oh, now I'm out. Yeah, like, now, I was yeah. five hundred. <laughs> I was uh, thinking about it. But. <laughs> oh, dude, I love this Never Obey Klaus Schwab shirt. shirt. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah Never yeah. Obey. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the link will be in the show notes for anyone listening. Um, make sure to chill it. Probably buy some stuff myself. These are like, I like what I'm seeing. The Klaus Schwab yeah, and one. Yeah, there's is, also a bookings yeah. portion. There's a bookings portion of the website where, if like you want to book me for an interview, interviews are free. You know, because like I said, I'd rather make a difference than make a dollar. If I can leave this world a better place than it was before I came into it, then I have, you know, I've served my purpose. You know, they say that the point of having a finite life is to do something that lasts forever. And you know, they, one of my favorite quotes from any movie is the scene uh, in Gladiator set where he says, "What we do in this life echoes in eternity." Yep. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. It's also very based. <laughs> <laughs> End on a Gladiator quote. I like it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. But thank you again. Uh, full two hours. You're very gracious with your time. Um, oh, it's been. Like I kind of I I wish we could have you on again because I want to go through another two hours of just going more in depth on everything you brought up now. But I, you know, amazing uh, amazing experiences as as it is. Any any other final notes other than other than gladiator quote? Um. Yeah, you've come up with a better quote yeah. now. I ruined it for you. Yeah, better quote. <laughs> Good job, um, Josh. I'll just end up. We'll just like rattle these off really quick. Um. Einstein once said that when our technology surpasses our humanity, we'll have a generation of idiots. Okay. So don't be one of those people where you allow your, your phone to run your life. Okay. Where you allow your TV to run your life. Einstein also said, Definitely. if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it fully. So I do everything that I can to explain simply what it is that I understand fully and help people to understand what the fuck is actually going on. Not just in a physical sense, but in a metaphysical sense, because if we can, the reason our socioeconomic and geopolitical systems are so corrupt and distorted is because our spiritual systems, our spiritual perspective is so corrupt and distorted. So if we can correct the spiritual 
perspective, if we can correct the spiritual institutions, then our socioeconomic and geopolitical systems and institutions will reflect that correction. And that I agree with. That being said, have faith in yourself, man. Christ said, ye are gods. These things and greater you will also do. Either have faith the size of a mustard seed and you will move mountains. I promise you, the amount of power that you have in you is something that is being deliberately kept from you. It is part of psychological warfare to get you to believe that resistance is futile, that the war is already over, that you're fucked, and nothing could be further from the truth. Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, you know, Fauci, uh, um, Gigi Ping. I mean, the deep state, uh, the Rothschilds, these people are running scared, bro. They're, what we're seeing is not them doing what they're doing because they feel confident or strong, but because they feel weak, because they feel afraid, because they feel vulnerable. That's why they're clamping down so hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, that tight that grip power, is, man. it's just yeah. gripping water. It really is. Yes. Exactly. And the, and the other thing is, is that as they try to put the boot harder and harder on our necks, their faces come more and more into the light. And so we know who the boot, whose face is behind the boot. You know what I'm saying? And as yep. they try to back us into a corner, they're actually backing themselves into a corner because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So as they're trying to dominate the world, they're actually revealing who and what they really are and what their agenda is. So don't get mad at people like Klaus Schwab. Don't laugh at people like Klaus Schwab. You know what I'm saying? The idea that we're all going to like wear uniforms that look like his creepy ass uniform or that we're all going <laughs> to live in 15 minute cities, be surveilled, own nothing and like it and like it and eat bugs. Like that's a hilarious notion. If I were to tell you even 10 years ago that the descendant of a Nazi was going to emerge on the global stage and tell everybody that they're going to own nothing and like it, live in 15 minute cities, be constantly surveilled, wear uniforms and eat bugs. You'd say I was a crazy conspiracy theorist. You'd say I was nuts. You'd laugh at me. But now oh, that's what we're a, dealing with. You think I was a crazy guy out of the desert, not that all of mainstream media and, and you know American politicians are agreeing with him and trying to promote the same agenda. That That's the crazy part about it. That, that's, that is a consensus in, you know, Yo, that, are people trying to convince us that it's a consensus? That's the crazy part. Now, now, Jay, can I can yeah. I make one final bet with you before you go? <laughs> um, I don't gamble, but I'll uh, I'll hear you out. A gentleman's bet. No, no, this is yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, like a gentleman's bet. Now, I think uh, I I think you're gonna believe in flat Earth before <laughs> I own a gravity car. All right. <laughs> And I think if you if you do, you owe me a you owe me a coyote hat, a sweet coyote hat. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. <laughs> and if I if I own a gravity car first, I'm flying it right to your house and I'm buying like ten sessions. Even I, at the five oh three price. Saw this, I saw this hilarious uh video where there was this guy that bought a uh high altitude balloon because he was a flat earther and he wanted to see, he put a camera on it and he sent it all the way up. And I actually have the tweet. Um, um, Does he, where he did put he put a, one of the GoPros on it where it's like uh, everything from a 90s music video island. where it's like curved like crazy? I don't know, but um, <laughs> he, he put the post out that said, guys, I hate to say it, but we were wrong because the earth is curved. 
I, I got plenty that are the opposite, but we'll we'll leave it there. That's that's another day. That's that's when I'm wearing a sweet coyote hat, and you tell me I'm right. <laughs> thank you so much for your we'll time, see. Jacob. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so guys. Much. Do you have any social media you want to put out there? Like a oh Twitter yeah, account? yeah. Uh, you can find me at um, at America Shaman on Twitter. That's or on X. That's at America shaman america shaman at america shaman on twitter or on okay and, we're gonna have to uh, put that in front of the show oh. <laughs> thanks, thanks for us. yeah yeah we'll put yeah, it in we'll put awesome and thank you All again right. so okay. much for your time hope thanks you guys for listening thank you